God to His church. Amen. I say He's a good God to us this morning, church. Amen. Amen. The truth will stand when the world's on fire. Amen. How many of y'all know that to be true today? Amen. How many of y'all know the spirit of truth today? Amen. Do you know the Holy Ghost? Amen. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Yes. And you got the spirit of truth living inside of you. Amen. Amen. I say we got the spirit of truth living on the inside of us today. Because we have the Holy Spirit with us who leads us and He guides us into all truth so that we know the truth. Amen. And when we hear His voice, another we will not follow. Come on, church. Come on, church. I said another we will not follow. We are going to hear the spirit of truth this morning. Amen. Turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, the 24th chapter. We touched briefly on this this morning in our Sunday school class. As a little briefing of where we were going. This is part four of the truth will stand when the world's on fire. How many of y'all know that Jesus Christ is soon to return? I declare to you today that Jesus Christ is soon to return. Amen? Amen? And the truth will stand when the world's on fire. Matthew the 24th chapter. We're going to read the whole chapter. Amen. We're going to take our time. We're going to go through it. You may want to grab something to write with. Get an ink pen. You got some paper. Amen. Listen, I, I write notes in my Bible. If you don't have a Bible you can write in, you might want to get you one you can. Because sometimes I, listen, I put notes in my Bible because I want to remember, I want to remember the things that God tells me years from now. Amen. So I'll give a little note. I'll write a little note myself in my own Bible here. And I am full of notes on page, on chapter 24 in the book of Matthew. Stand for the reading of God's Word one more time. Amen. As we call on the mighty name of Jesus to be with us this morning. Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and the disciples came unto Him for to show Him the building of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And He sat upon the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to Him privately, saying, Tell us when these things be. And what should be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Father, we thank you this morning that we can come before your throne and we can ask the same question. We can come before your feet at the throne of heaven today. And we can say, Lord, what is the sign of your coming? Tell us how much time we have left. Father, we thank you, Lord, as you reveal your truth to us. But you send the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth this morning. Let your truth be revealed. Let every man be found to be a liar, but the truth of God stands strong. Oh, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Jesus answered and said unto him, Take heed that no man deceive you. Now, I just want to stop right there and tell you that we're living in an age and a time and in the technology world, you can be deceived very easily. I saw a news clip just the other day of a well-known uh, journalist. That I can't remember his name, but you know him. If I show you a picture of him, you know him. Uh, he's on all. He's on the major networks, and and it was a story about AI. And he had went to somewhere, a college, I think it was, and challenged the technical department to make an avatar that looked like him, sounded like him, and began to tell the news like him. And the challenge was, can you tell the difference between the real and the fake? 
And they played both. They, were, they would switch back and forth. Which is this the real man or is this not the real man? And I'm going to tell you, you couldn't tell the difference. He's the avatar, the, the intelligence, the, the artificial intelligence avatar sounded just like the real person. Had his mannerisms, uh, the way he said his words, everything. You could not tell the difference. We are living in an age and time where it's easy to be deceived. It's easy. And the governments of the world are telling us what they want us to hear, not what the truth is. I want to tell you, you're going to have to look outside of our country. If you really want to know what the world news really is, you're going to have to turn off the American channels and you're going to look outside the country to find out what's going on in the world today. Because American news is only telling you what the government wants you to know. That's all they're telling you. And they have their own narrative. So we're living in a time of great deceit. And I take notice that Jesus said, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Well, I'll tell you, we have already had this happen. How many of y'all remember the situation in Waco, Texas? In Waco, Texas, that guy said that he was the Christ, and many people died fighting a battle for him because he said he was the Christ and they believed him. How many of y'all remember Jim Jones years ago? And drank the Kool-Aid, right? He was poisoning people, killed them all on that island. But he was supposed to be the Christ. And then after that, it was one that said, hey, I got a ship uh, on, on Haley's Comet, and uh, we're all going to go up. Uh-huh. He poisoned all them people too. And he claimed to be the Christ. So many false prophets have come out and already claimed to be the Messiah and were found to be liars. They were not the Messiah. They were not. But even in Jesus' times, before Jesus, there was people that came out that claimed to be the Messiah, but they were found not to be the Messiah. So many false Christs have already come throughout the world, and in the last days there will be more to come. But as I read this same verse in the Amplified Bible, I found something very interesting. In the Amplified Bible, it says, For many will come in my name misusing it. Many will come in my name misusing it and appropriating the strength of the name which belongs to me. And when I saw that in the Amplified Bible, I couldn't help but to think about the false preachers in today's times and the false doctrines that we are hearing on our television screens and, and through internet, you know. I'm sorry to tell you, I wish it was true. I really, I really wish it was true. I really do. I wish it was true all in my heart. I really wish it was true that once saved, always saved was truth. But it's not. But it's a false doctrine that's being preached. Being preached. And it's all over the land today. It's an easy doctrine. You just live any old life you want to live. You say this little prayer. And you just go on. You're drinking and partying and, and acting the fool. And, and living a life of sin. And, and just living evil. And guess what? You still get to go to heaven because you asked Jesus to come into your heart. You said that little prayer at the altar. And once saved, always saved. No, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. That's not repentance. It's not. But I wish it was true. Because look at how many people could go to heaven. Huh? But under that precept, even Adolf Hitler could go to heaven. Huh? You know, when Adolf Hitler was in power, he claimed to be a Christian. Did you know that? And the Jewish people were confused because he claimed to be a Christian, and yet he was killing over six million Jews he killed. 
There's a special place in hell for him. There's going to be a torment for somebody like that in, in a place called hell. But I really wish it once saved, always saved was true, but I cannot stand behind this pulpit. I cannot put my hands on this holy word and tell you that's truth because there's so many scriptures that talk about the plotting out of your name from the Lamb's book of life. You can lose your salvation if you turn away from God. You can lose your salvation if you walk away from God. You can lose it. But praise God for His redemption grace. Praise God for His redemption grace. Amen. That can bring us right back in. Amen. Amen. So if, you, if, if you've stepped away from God and you, don't, and you know there's something between you and God, there's sin between you and God, but maybe you walked with God at one time. Maybe those listening to me on the internet, maybe you used to go to church, but now you stepped away from God. There's good news. All you got to do is repent and say, Father, here am I. Let me back in. Come on, church. The prodigal son is for us. The prodigal son's story is for us. And let us know that if you go astray, there's always hope as long as you're still breathing. There's hope of you coming back. But the truth is, church, after you took your last breath, it's over. It's over. It's over. That's the gospel truth this morning. And the truth will stand when the world's on fire. In verse 6, Jesus goes on to say, You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Hello? Has anybody heard the news lately? You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nations and kingdom against kingdoms, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And that beginning of sorrows is really translation from the Greek language of birth pains. How many mothers out there remember the birth pains before you had the child? That's where we are today. We're going through the birth pains. We're in what I call the end time frustrations. And end time frustrations, inflation is through the roof. Amen? Diseases are rapid everywhere. I mean, right now, there's a new virus in China coming out through babies. Babies under five years old. And and it's happened already in America. It's a pneumonia. Babies under five years old are getting a virus and it's leading to pneumonia. They have walking pneumonia, they called it. Sounds like the coronavirus to me. How many of us remember that? Will we ever forget that? No. Amen. So here we are. There's pestilence that's already out there. There's famines. There's people that don't have water to drink. They don't have food to eat. But somehow they have a cell phone. Somebody figure that one out. I heard just this past week that there's countries out there and people don't have running water, but there's cell phone towers and there's charging stations for their phones. You've got a cell phone, but you ain't got running water. Somebody needs to figure this out for me because that makes no sense. But on the other end, it also tells me that even those people can hear the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ through their cell phone. Amen. So here we are. We're living in a time when nations are rising against nations. The beginning of this year, we were all shocked when we heard about what was going on in Russia and Russia invading Ukraine. 
I mean, we were all in shock watching this because we were literally seeing the book of Ezekiel just open up. Ezekiel 38 and 39, we're just watching it unfold. It's rolling, the scroll is rolling back, the pages are coming alive, and we see Russia just invading another country and shooting at civilians. And they're still in war today, and America is right there with them. We're funding it. I mean, we're trillions of dollars in debt, and yet somehow we're funding another war in another country. Somebody needs to explain that. Amen. And then we hear about the attack of Hamas against Israel. And it breaks my heart, but I'm going to tell you, churches are going to split over this thing. We've got college students that are being indoctrinated instead of educated and they're protesting in the streets saying praise Hamas and they're protesting in the streets saying that Hamas is justified. How can any terrorist group be justified for the rape of babies? For the beheading of infants? For the kidnapping of 80-year-old grandmothers? Come on, somebody. They invaded a country and they took over 200 people captive. And yet most of the world, most of the world today in all the countries, it's sad to say even here in good old U.S. of A. are for Hamas and are against Israel. This is where we are, church. This is where we are today. We are in the pages of Matthew 24. Nations are rising against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms. All these are the beginning of sorrows, is what Jesus said. We've been here for a while now. This is, we didn't just get here this year. We've been right here for years. For years. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my sake. Remember, Jesus is talking to the Jewish people. All nations hate Israel. All nations hate the Jews. When I was growing up, and I don't know if any of you have ever used this language, when I was growing up, it was known that if you were in negotiations with somebody over something, how I many y'all know what I'm talking about, and you wanted them to come down on the price, huh? We called it Jewing them down. That's anti Semitic. There it is. But I was raised in that culture. I was raised in that world where we want to Jew you down. We go to the flea market, we got to Jew you down on that price. You go buy a car, we got to Jew you down on that price. And really, that's, that's, that's speaking against Israel. I want to say, God bless Israel. God bless the Jewish people. Amen? And the reason that most of the world hate them in the financial system is because God blessed Israel so much that they were owning banks. They had the financial system in their hands because God blessed them. And so it became a thing. I want to tell you, if you speak that way today, I want to encourage you to stop. That's not something God wants to hear. You want somebody to come down on the price? Just ask them to come down on the price. But don't call it that. Negotiations is what it is. But don't call it that. Amen. In verse 10, And they shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. My Lord. When when Trump was in the White House and the elections was going on, how many prophets did we hear? How many people came out and said he would never leave the White House? How many prophets came on the national stage and said, Thus saith the Lord? Huh? And they, they prophesied that 
that Trump would win by a landslide and he would never leave the White House. He'd never leave the White House. That's what they said. Amen. Now, maybe Trump will go back to the White House. I don't know. I don't know what does say the Lord on that. Amen. But when you've got all these people on national television and, and in their ministries and they are firming, I mean, this one lady was pounding her fist on her desk as she declared in the name of the Lord, the Lord has said, Trump shall not leave the White House. She's pounding her desk. I told my wife, I said, either that is the most godliest prophetess I have ever seen. And if her prophecy comes true, I'll follow her to the gates of hell. But if her prophecy does not come true, then that is the biggest quack I've ever seen on TV. She was a quack. She's been called out now through different prophecies. You know, she talked about going to heaven and, and cows drive tractors in heaven. And there's jello mountains and banana pudding and... and Chocolate mountains. She makes heaven sound like an amusement park. Yeah. She's been to heaven more times than the Apostle Paul. And if you don't believe her, then you just don't believe God and, you know, cursed, curse coming upon you because you don't believe the prophetess. That's the biggest quack I've ever seen. Somebody needs to go get her, take her to the hospital, get her head examined. Something ain't, ain't right up here. You know what I'm saying? But it's not just her. There's prophets after prophets after prophets out there that we heard. How many of y'all heard, know what I'm talking about? You heard them. You heard them. Look at what it says right here. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. 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 People have left their home church where there was sound doctrine and went out to follow these false preachers, these false prophets. How you know, Pastor? Because I can call names. <laughs> That's how I know. I can tell you who I can tell you somebody. Amen. Verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Oh my Lord. Do I even need to go on with that one? Where are we at today? People don't have compassion. No common courtesy for anybody anymore. People used to say, excuse me. Huh? They don't care anymore. No, there's no such thing as common courtesy. In the South, we used to have a thing called chivalry. Y'all remember that? We'd actually open the door for the ladies. Y'all, remember them? Y'all don't even remember that, do you? Huh? Boyfriends, open the door for your girlfriends. Okay? Open the door. All right? Husbands, open the door for your wife. Amen? But we used to live in a time when people had manners and they were polite. And now they're rude. I'm talking about Christians. I ain't even talking about the world. I'm talking about people that go to church and call on the name of Jesus and they're just as rude as rude can be. My Lord, here we are. The wax cold in their love. Verse 13. But ye shall, he shall endure to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world for a witness to all nations, and then the end shall come. Amen. I've got my cell phone up here recording on podcast. That's why I have my phone up here every Sunday, if you ever wonder. Plus, it also tells me how much time i got left. <laughs> but you know, through the cell phone technology, people 
you know, we took that donation for Pakistan. You know, she, she can pick up her phone right now and tune in to us and hear right now live. Amen? We're on Facebook right now and people in California can watch this service live right now. People in Russia can get on the internet and watch live preaching in another country like America. All over the world. All over the world. All over Africa. All over the world. Listen, there's cell phone towers when there's no running water. Everybody's got a cell phone tower. Everybody, it's amazing to me. You go find homeless people in Atlanta and they'll have two things with them. Two things. Every homeless person I've ever run across in all of my life had two things with them. First, they had a cell phone. You're homeless. You ain't got nowhere to plug it in, but you figure it out. Yeah. And they all got cigarettes. Yeah. Just saying. I'm just saying. We ain't got no food, but we got cigarettes. We got cell phones. Amen. Am I telling the truth this morning? Right. You know I am. That's why, that's why you're chuckling. You know it's true. Look at verse 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Now we don't have time this morning to go here, but he's talking about the prophecies in the book of Daniel. He's talking about the third temple being built. He's talking about the rise of the Antichrist. It's all there in the book of Daniel. And Jesus is talking about the book. Listen, the book of Daniel must be truth. Because Jesus told us, he referred to it. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, then let him which is in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him that is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe to them that are with child and them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. Now these scriptures right here I just read to you happened in 70 A.D. the first time. 70 A.D., Rome came in. And put a false god in the temple. That was the desolation of abomination. Put pig's blood everywhere. In the temple. Destroyed the temple. Burned it down. Destroyed Jerusalem. This is in 70 AD. Jesus prophesied about this. That's what he was saying when he said, Now one stone left upon another shall be left. That's what he was saying. And you go through the book of Acts, and you read the book of Acts, why everybody had everything in common. Why was people sowing land in Jerusalem and giving it to the church? Because they believed the prophecy that Jesus gave in Matthew 24, that one day Jerusalem was going to be under attack, and their lives would be at stake. And he was telling them, get out, get out of Judea, get out of here. Get out of here. Now here's the thing, church. It's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. Verse 21, For then shall great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. Mm. And except those days be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders 
in so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Preacher, why do you keep telling me to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Why do you keep telling me that I need the spirit of truth? Because without the Holy Spirit inside of you, you can be deceived. So many people in the church world today are deceived because they don't have the Holy Spirit and the power of Pentecost inside of them. They don't have the spirit of truth to hear. He's speaking to them. They just don't know how to hear him. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us into all truth this morning. So we will not be deceived. We're living in a time when it's called the deep fake. The deep fake. That's the AI technology, how they can fake and, and fool the whole world and making you believe something is true that's not true. And, and we're seeing it on our news headlines today, everywhere. It's hard to know the truth anymore when you look at the world news. As I said, you need to go outside the country, see what other countries are reporting to know what's really going on. Even in America. Even reporting in America what's really going on, you'll find more information from foreign countries. Behold, I have told you before. Therefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen? How is Jesus coming back? He's coming back in the sky as a lightning shines from the east to the west. In an instant of time, Jesus is coming in the clouds. Amen? Amen? Now, so many people get confused when you talk about the second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ, Jesus will put his foot on Mount Olive. The rapture is not the second coming of Christ. The rapture is God snatching the church up out of the earth before the judgment of God comes through the great tribulation. Jesus doesn't touch the earth. He's in the sky. And we're to be called up. That's what Paul was saying, that the trumpet of God will blow, that the dead in Christ shall rise, and then those that remain will be called up. And see that word called up, you say, well, preacher, rapture's not in the Bible. You're right. Rapture is a Latin word for the meaning of caught up. So it is in the Bible. Amen. Caught up. We'll be caught up. We'll be, we'll be catched up. We'll be taken away. Amen. In an instant, in a twinkling of an eye. A twinkling of an eye is faster than you can snap. We blink so fast we don't even realize we're blinking. In a twinkling of an eye. As the light shines from one end of heaven to the other, Jesus is going to appear in the sky and we're going to meet him in the air. Come on, church. It's time to get excited. We're going home to be with Jesus. Amen. Our Messiah is coming. He's coming. Wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately, listen to this, immediately, I'm describing to you the rapture of the church. And immediately after tribulation of those days shall the sun be turned into darkness and the moon shall not give her light. You know how scientists are so concerned about the sun not shining. They are so concerned about something happening to our, our star 
the solar sun, that they are doing everything they can to find another planet for you to live on. Everything they can, let's go find another planet because something's happening here. Amen? Oh, but when Jesus comes, come on church, when heaven and earth meets, we don't have a need for the sun anymore. We don't need a star in the sky to give us heat. We Come on church, for the glory of God will be the light of the world. Amen? The glory of God. Immediately after tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the cloud of heaven with power and great glory. Mm. Now he's talking about the second coming. Now he's talking about the second coming. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. Let me just stop right here and tell you that fig tree is a symbol for Israel. So learn the parable of Israel. That's what Jesus is saying. When his branches are yet tender and put it forth leaves, you know that it's summer. So likewise, you, when you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So let's take a few moments and talk about verse 32 to verse 35. This is so important this morning that we take our time and we understand what we're looking at, church. Jesus is telling us to learn the parable of the fig tree and all through the scriptures, we know that the fig tree represents Israel. Israel became a nation in 1948. Okay? In 1948, the Israelite people, the Jewish nation, the people started leaving all the countries that they were in and they started going back home to Israel. This has been happening. They're still doing it today. It's called the Great Exodus. They're still doing it today. They're still going home to Israel. Amen. So all these nations. But look at what he says in verse 34. Verily I say unto you, this generation. What generation? The generation that sees Israel becoming a nation in 1948. The generation that sees Israel becoming a nation in 1948. Shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. Look at what it says. Look at what it says. Amen. Amen. Now, Psalms 90 and verse 10 tells us that a generation is measured in 70 years. 70 years is one generation. The Scripture tells us that we can live to be 80 if our health is good. But 70 to 80 years is how God measures a generation. Okay? 1948. Raise your hand if you were born before 1948. Look at these hands going. Y'all raise, go ahead and raise them hands up. Let's see them hands. You're called the baby boomer generation, are you not? Daddy came home from the war. Saw that pretty little girl. Come on. Did you call mama? They got married, started having babies. It's called the baby boomer generation because the population in America started growing right after World War II. Amen? I know a lot about it because my grandfather... 
was in World War II, and he used to talk about it all the time. The baby boomer generation is that generation that saw Israel become a nation in 1948, and you're still alive today. This generation shall not pass away until all these things be fulfilled. How close are we to the rapture of the church? I don't know. How old are you? Huh? How old are you? Bonnie's in her 80s. She don't want me to tell you how old she is. I'll tell him, Brother Larry, that he don't care. Brother Larry's 83. <laughs> Some of you are in your 70s. Amen. You were alive in 1948. You saw it happen. You saw it happen. Amen. How close are we to the rapture of the church? Well, if you go by that, we're pretty close, church. We're pretty close. Amen. We're pretty close. Here's something I also noticed, too. I taught you this year back in September that we've entered into the real year in Israel of 5,784. And I taught you that the four represented a number and a letter and a word. And that word was door. Door. And that we are now entering into the open door year. And I told you in Revelations that came to me when Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is at the door of the world today and He's knocking, let me in. Come on, church. A door in heaven is open up. In Revelations chapter 4, it talks about, And behold, I saw a door in heaven and it was open. And the next thing I heard was a voice that says, Come up hither. And He went. A door. I notice it right here. Jesus says, even at the door. Is that a clue? Could it be this year? Could it be now? Could it be today? Could it be the second? My answer to you is yes. Yes. It could be. There's two questions that we need to ask ourselves today. And the first question is, where are we now on God's timeline? Well, the answer is we're right in the middle of, of Matthew 24. That's where we are. Because nations are rising against nations. False prophets are rising up and they're preaching false doctrine. Hello. The gospel is being preached around the world through technology. And we talked last week of how the satellite system that the Air Force has, the system is called the angel. And Revelations talk about an angel flying in the heavens, declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello? The technology is here now. How is the whole world going to see Jesus in the sky? I mean, he's only six foot tall. Huh? Six foot something. Right? How's the whole world going to see him? Go ahead and grab that little phone you got. There you go. The technology is here. But does God need technology to be seen? No. Because God's sovereign. Amen. He don't need nobody. So we're right in the middle of, of Matthew 24. Off the pages of what I'm reading to you this morning. This is where we are on God's timeline. Here's the second question. What is the next prophecy that needs to be fulfilled before the rapture of the church? What is the next prophecy that needs to be fulfilled before the rapture of the church? Are you ready for the answer? None. None. All the prophecies have been fulfilled. The next big event. You want world news? Here's your title to put on the world news. The next big event is the rapture of the church. 
The rapture of the church is the next thing to happen on God's timetable. It's the next big event to happen in the prophetic Holy Bible. It is about to happen, church, and we're here now, and we're at the end. We are the end time generation. Amen? I fully believe. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong in life before. It's okay if I'm wrong. I thought Georgia was going to be out of bounds. Three points, people. Come on, three points. But was I right? No, I was wrong. So can I be wrong? Yes, I can be wrong. But I believe that I am the last pastor of this church before the rapture. I believe I am the last pastor. Now you think about it, Brother Wayne, your mind can go back and Jan, y'all can go back because y'all been here the longest. I took a picture of them. I need to put it on Facebook too. I took a picture of them because they had been here the longest of everybody in this church. And they can name off names of all the pastors that have been here since the time they were children. I believe I'm the last one. I'm the last pastor of the Baptist Church of God before the rapture. But I'm not the last pastor. You see, the church will go on in tribulation years. And somebody is going to come and take the pulpit. Somebody's going to have to preach the gospel. Somebody who's not ready today to see Jesus will get saved in the tribulation and preach the gospel. So I'm not the last pastor of the church. But I do believe I'm the last pastor before the rapture. That's how much I believe this to be true. That's how close I think we really are. I'm not looking at burying none of you. I'm looking at going up in the rapture with you. Amen. Amen. Because we're so close to the rapture of the church today. Amen. Amen. And there's so much more that we can go into. Amen. Let me go ahead and go back to verse 36. I'm going to finish reading this this morning. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as in the days of Noah were, so shall we also come to summon the Son of Man be. I, I was complimenting Sister Candace this morning because she went to the ark and she got that shirt that says Noah faith. I like that. We got to have Noah faith today. Because we're living in the last days. The judgment of God's about to come. And we got to have Noah-like faith. Because we're living in the days that are like Noah. Jesus even tells us, For in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and he knew not till the flood came and took them away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doeth come. But know this, if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would have come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for it is in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Here we are in this year that we're living in. Lifeway Research has put out a statement. Lifeway, how many of you remember Lifeway bookstores? You used to have a big one in Douglasville, a Christian bookstore. I guess you can shop online now, but 
Anyways, Lifeway Research took a poll. They did a, they did a research poll. And they discovered something shocking. They discovered in their studies that only one-third, listen to me, only one-third of preachers today believe and preach in the rapture of the church. Think about that for a while. That means if you take three preachers, two of them don't believe and only one does. One out of three. You take a pie and you cut it in three sections. You put the pie together, that's called three-thirds, okay? That's a whole pie. Amen? Y'all remember math? Y'all remember, y'all remember that class? But you take out one slice of that pie, that's one-third. You still got two-thirds of it left. Look how big that is. Two-thirds of the churches today, two-thirds of the pastors today, two-thirds of the evangelists today do not believe in Jesus coming, the trumpet blowing, the dead in Christ rising. Do not believe in the rapture of the church. They don't even believe in the rise of the Antichrist and the end time tribulations. When is Jesus coming? When? When, Lord, are you coming? What is the sign of your return? Here's your clue. Here's your clue. Here's your clue. Therefore, be ye ready for such an hour as you think not. They think not now. They think not now. The Son of Man cometh. How close are we, preacher? Just that close. So close. In a blink of an eye. So when the faithful and wise servant whom the Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season, blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, what are they saying? What are they saying? These two-thirds of these pastors who don't believe in the rapture of the church, what are they saying? They don't believe the Lord delayed his coming. He's not coming. And shall begin to smite his fellow servants and eat and drink with the drunkards? My goodness. We got so many billionaire preachers out there in the world today. Hello? Hello? The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Torment is coming. There's going to be preachers on that day that will stand before the Messiah and say, did I not preach in your name? Did I not pastor that church in your name? Did I not visit those people in your name? Every Sunday I preach your word. Every Sunday. And Jesus is going to look at them and say, depart from me, for I never knew you. you got preachers that are preaching the gospel they don't even believe in. I assure you, I believe it all. Because I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord. I have a strong reverence for the Messiah. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Amen. Jesus is coming, church. When is He coming? When the world thinks not. When is He coming? When that generation shall not pass away till they see all these things. When is He coming? When kingdoms rise up against kingdoms and nations against nations. 
and there's famines and there's pestilence and divers. When is he coming? He can come now. He can come today. Here's the question for everybody in this room, for everybody on Facebook and internet. Here's the question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you looking for the Messiah to come? I love what Brother Thomas says, and I, I quote him all the time. I'm going to look for Jesus to come today. If Jesus don't come today, I'm going to look for him tomorrow. If Jesus don't come tomorrow, I'm going to look for him the day after that. Here's the point. We've got to keep looking. We've got to keep looking for him to come. Because at any moment, he can come. And let me tell you something. When you make a conscious decision that you're going to sin, what you're saying is, I don't think Jesus is coming right now. Because if you knew Jesus was about to come, you ain't going to commit that sin. Hello? 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 Amen? Now some people believe in, in post-tribulation rapture. They believe you got to go through the tribulation years and then you get raptured out. That's after the tribulation. I don't believe that. The scriptures don't support that. Some people believe in what they call a mid-tribulation rapture. You're going to live halfway through it and then the Lord's going to come and take us away. I don't believe that either. Our denomination, the church of God, I believe is correct in their doctrine from my own personal research. And I didn't join the church of God blindly. I'm going to tell you, I researched the church of God. Amen? Because I didn't have to come to the church of God. I researched their doctrine. I wanted to know what they stood for. I want to know what they believed in. And the church of God doctrine believes and teaches and preaches, and so do I. I believe there's many, many scriptures. But I'm fixing to share some common sense with you to help, help you tell others. We're going to give you some common sense theology today, okay? We believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. That means before the, rapture, before the tribulation happens, the rapture will take place. And here's why. I didn't have no time to go into Matthew 25 today. When you get home, read Matthew 25. It talks about the, five, the ten virgins. Five foolish, five wise. Jesus talks about the church as the bride of Christ. Amen? Y'all with me? Amen? We got all the brides in here today? Husband and wives? Husbands or your wife is your bride. You took her before the church. You took her before a preacher. You took her for somebody and you went through some vows and you made a covenant relationship and you accepted this woman as your bride. Amen? Now here's some common sense theology. You can use this on everybody out there who talks about post-tribulation rapture and middle-tribulation rapture. Here you go. How many men in this room today would want your bride you haven't married her yet. You're engaged. You're about to be married. But you're going to let your bride suffer for seven years. Seven years. Without food. Starvation. Without medicine. Huh? No heat. No running water. Listen, tribulation years are going to be terrible. How many of us husbands, ready to get married, about to marry this woman. She's my bride. I love you, honey. But you just sit right here for seven years and suffer for a while. 
Raise your hand if you think like that. No. Maybe take the next step. Well, I'm coming for you, baby, before it gets real bad out there in the world. I'll come for you, but you're going to suffer for a little while. You're going you're gonna to miss the meals. You're going you're gonna to sleep out in the cold. You may get wet in the rain. But before it gets real bad, y'all, you know, before you get beat up, before you get beheaded, huh? I, I might let you get all the way to the judge, and I might let you get all the way to the axe, you know, they're fixing to behead you, and then I'll come and get you. Does that make any common sense to anybody? No. See, we have a loving Father. Jesus is the groom, and the church is the bride. Y'all like my common sense theology? Amen. Yeah. Now that, that's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? It'd be hard to argue with that. Especially if they already married, because the wife's going to punch them if they do. Come on. It's hard to argue with that. Amen. Here we are, church. I assure you, God's a good God. I tell you all the time. Do not mind. God's a good God. Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you. He shed his blood for you. And he's coming back for you. Before the tribulation. What do we see? What are we seeing? What are we experiencing? What Jesus said, beginning of sorrows. That's where we are. Then verse 8. That's where we are. Beginning of sorrows. We see it. We see the signs coming. We hear it. The next thing on God's timeline. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, sister. The sound of the trumpet blowing. <laughs> Oh, come on. I'm ready to go, man. Are you ready to go? Amen. Brother Matthew was here yesterday. We were putting in that new projector, and we started talking about it. I said, what are we going to be doing 10,000 years from now? Talking about that song, 10,000 years. What are we going to do 10,000 years from now? Oh, we're going to be praising God. <laughs> what are we going to do one million years from now? Oh, we're still going to be praising God. Come on, church. Hallelujah. How about a billion years? Can you imagine? Well, you're, you're going to be alive. You're going to be a billion years old one day. Can you imagine that? Oh, but you won't look like you're 33 because you've got a glorified body. So you look like you're 33, but that's just my opinion. Don't, don't, don't make that as a doctor, okay? That's just pastor's opinion, 33. Because that's the age Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, 33. So that's just my, at least I'm hoping anyway. I look good at 33, okay? I'm hoping. A billion years from now, what are you going to be doing? Man, I'm going to be praising God. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. I'm going to be in the throne room, brother. I'm going to see my Messiah face to face. I'm going to look him in his eyes. I'm going to see the nail-scarred prince. Oh, come on. I'm going to see him in all of his glory. Come on, church. Come on, church. Don't be afraid of the rapture message. Get excited. Oh, but we about to go up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And leave this old world behind. You see, I'm about to take a trip on the good old gospel ship. Yeah. Come on. I'm going to leave this old world behind. Come on, church. I'm going to shout and sing. Come on. Yeah. Woo, hallelujah. How many y'all women today? Yeah. We're going on the good old gospel ship. We're going to shout and sing as we will go into the glory of glories. And I'm telling you, it's almost here. 
Will you stand on your feet with me this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, God. Here we are on the edge woo, of the biggest event of the world, the rapture of the church. God, I give you praise. I give you honor. I give you glory. Mm. Thank you for allowing me to preach this gospel message today. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to share this message of the rapture and how close we are. Father, my prayer right now, if there be anybody here, if there be anybody here that don't know you as Savior, God, that you would pull them to the altar right now. These altars are open. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, there's something between you and God and you know it's called sin, please run to this altar right now. Fall on your knees before a holy Messiah. This church won't judge you. We'll gather around you and love you. We'll love you. Oh, but call on God right now. Will there be anybody here this morning that I preach, I need to get saved. I need to call on Jesus. If you're here this morning, come on. Come on to the altars this morning. They're open this morning. Get, come to the old-fashioned altar. Get on your knees before the Messiah and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, my prayer is that everybody in the sound of my voice and maybe they'll listen to me out there on the internet wherever they are, God, they can call on your name right now. Because everybody that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We give you praise, oh God. I've been telling you for weeks now, church, that you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. Amen. All you got to do is ask Him the Spirit of truth. You need the Holy Spirit. Will you ask the Holy Spirit to come to your life this morning? You can ask Him, listen, we can lay hands on you. Through the, the laying on of hands, you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's scriptural. But you can just call on His name. You can say, Lord, just baptize me in the Holy Ghost right now. And you can just receive it. You can receive the overflowing power of the living God baptizing your soul in His Spirit right now. The Spirit of truth. All you've got to do is say, Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Fill me, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. He'll fill you. He'll give you a prayer language you'll hear deep down inside of you. And all you got to do is just repeat what you're hearing on the inside of you. That's all you do. Let the Holy Spirit pray. And you use your vocal cords and you just repeat what you hear in your soul. It'll be a different language that you don't know. It'd be a different language that you've never heard before. Can't understand the meaning of. Just the prayer language of the Holy Spirit. Can you just lift your hands this morning? Lift your hands toward heaven. And say, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Spirit of truth. Baptize me now, Holy Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to have a prayer line in just a moment. And just coming for prayer. Just leave together around her as we get ready to pray for her. But you can come on this morning because 
All the apostles laid hands on people and they got filled with the Holy Ghost. You get, you get hands laid on to be filled with the Holy Ghost that way too. Well, we're going to pray for Angel this morning. You see, we ain't got time for Angel to have any kind of heart conditions. Can I get an amen? amen. We ain't got time for that. We got a gospel to be preached. We got ministry to be done. And we need an angel healthy. Amen. Yeah, amen. To be at peace. To be about the work of the Lord. God knows. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we anoint our sister with the anointed oil. Lord, we ask you to touch your body, touch your heart. Touch your stomach in the name of Jesus right now. Release your anointing. Let the Holy Spirit move on the inside by your stripes. Jesus, we are healed by your word. You sent your word and healed us. By your blood, we're healed. We stand on your word today. And we release a healing anointing in the name of Jesus. Through the laying on of hands, as the Bible tells us. That the sick are healed. That people are baptized in the Holy Ghost. That the anointing all into the laying on of hands right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Anybody else this morning? around her heart for strength. Oh, in Jesus' name, removing any blockages that may be there. Give my sister strength. Give her a good report of the Lord right now. There's still a word, there's still a mission for her. Lord, there's still prayers to be prayed through her. Oh, there's still the gospel message to hit her family through her. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, church. Give the Lord a hand praise. All right. Who's next? Come on.
Jesus' name right now. Faithful in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Shabbat we praise God. We stand with my brother right now. We join our faith with his faith. We bind and rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus. We bind and rebuke the weapons of warfare.